Welcome to Newport Beach in the Rearview Mirror, a podcast about the events and people, famous and forgotten, that shaped Newport Beach. I'm Bill Lobdell. How many cities in California can say they are home to eight islands? I believe just one, Newport Beach. I mean, Newport Beach ties the state of Hawaii in the number of islands. Newport's picturesque isles are spread across Newport Harbor, the world's largest pleasure boat port. They range from the relatively large, Combined, the three islands of Balboa Island are the winner in this category with 2,200 homes, along with scores of retail businesses, all on about 900 acres. The tiniest island, Private Bay Island, has just 23 residences on 5.5 acres. One common denominator among the islands, besides being surrounded by water, is that they all have fascinating paths. A quick note before we dive in. These are brief histories of each island, which takes some work because, like I said, the island's histories are so rich. It's like Mark Twain once wrote, I didn't have time to write you a short letter, so I wrote you a long one. In part one of this episode, We'll take a look at four islands. Bay Island, Newport's oldest. Harbor Island, which has some of the most expensive real estate in the country. Newport Island, the least known. And Linda Isle, the youngster of the group. In part two, we'll untangle the complicated history of Lido Isle and explore almost everyone's favorite island, Balboa Island. One final note. You may want to have Google Maps along as a companion for this episode. The satellite view of Newport Harbor gives you a great sense of each island's location, shape, and size. It helped me a lot putting together this podcast. Okay, with that, here we go. Let's kick this off with Newport's oldest island, Bay Island. Here are 12 things to know. 1. Bay Island is on the peninsula side of the bay, just about a quarter mile west of the Balboa Pavilion. As we stated in the introduction, it has 23 homes on 5.5 acres. Number 2. It's Newport Harbor's only natural island, though that definition is a bit of a stretch. Before some dredging, it was basically a mudflat with one mound of dirt that escaped high tide. Number three, the island had several names in the early years. Abbott Island, named after its first owner. Sand Island, Bay Island, and for a short time, Majeska Island. And more on that later. Number four, in 1903, Two duck hunting aficionados, W.J. Walters and Rufus Sanborn, bought the island for either 350 
or $800. Historical accounts differ on the amount. The pair open a gun club for the purpose of, what else? Hunting ducks. Number five. Before a footbridge was built, the island could only be accessed at low tide when residents and visitors would walk on wooden planks to cover the 20 yards or so between the peninsula and the island. Number six. The gun club was an instant success, and three beach cottages popped up on the island the same year the club opened. And a year later, a poker club was added, and women gained entrance. Number seven. In the early days, water needed for basic household needs came from a salt water well at the center of the island. But residents had to row a boat to the area that's now the Newport Pier, quite a, that's probably a mile and a half, to pick up fresh water. As one resident recalled, needless to say, we were always out of drinking water. The eighth thing to know. Bay Island has a unique ownership structure. Each property owner has an equal share in a corporation that owns the land. In other words, they own their houses, but not the land underneath it. But that's basically a technicality. Just think of it as another form of a homeowner's association. Okay, number nine. In 1908, Bay Island had its first, but not last, celebrity resident. She was a colorful and world-famous actress named Madame Helena Mojeska. Shortly after she moved in, she fell gravely ill, and newspapers around the globe gave breathless daily accounts of her worsening condition, all the while mentioning her glamorous Bay Island home in each dispatch, thereby putting the locale on the international map. When she died in 1909, Bay Island was briefly renamed Mojeska Island in her honor. Number 10. It's the only island in Newport that does not allow cars. Golf carts are the primary means of transportation on and off the island, and residents park their cars in a nearby parking garage on the peninsula. Number 11. A significant number of homes on Bay Island have been held in family trusts for decades and then passed down from generation to generation, making home sales relatively rare over the years. The twelfth and final thing to know about Bay Island. From the early 1960s until the late 1910s, the Rose Parade princesses took up residence in a Bay Island home for a three-day weekend each October for a little R&R away from the Pasadena spotlight. The owner was a huge fan of the Tournament of Roses. They would see some of Newport's sights, be taught their parade waves and other royal etiquette, and the accompanying judges slash chaperones would select the Rose Parade Queen at the end of the weekend. To this day, that residence is known as the Rose Queen House. All right, next we'll turn to Harbor Island, 
Here are seven things to know. 1. Harbor Island is located off of Bayside Drive near East Coast Highway, and it's close to where the upper and lower bays meet. It has about 30 homes on about six acres. Number two, in the early 1900s, what's now Harbor Island was just a triangular piece of sand that mostly disappeared on high tide. And by the way, this is how every island started in Newport Harbor. And because Harbor Island was basically swampland, it's no wonder that the McFadden brothers and their Newport Beaches founding fathers sold it to Wayne Goble, a Santa Ana Register newspaper reporter. The deal went through in the early 1900s for $5,000. And that's about $170,000 today. I mean, as a former newspaper man, I just, I can't imagine that. He, he, good for him, a lowly journalist spot, Harbor Island, but he must have had a trust fund. Third thing to know, eventually Joe Beak, and you can find more about Newport's ultimate Renaissance man in episode 10, bought the island in 1925 for $53,000 and expanded it a year later by dredging the harbor and heaping the sand and silt and mud onto the island. And that's how all of Newport's islands were formed. Number four, each home is on the bayfront and just one street runs through the center of the community. Number five, it's 36 original lots and a few have been combined over the years for just a few thousand dollars a piece. Number six, and it's related, today homes on private Harbor Island are among the most expensive on the West Coast especially if measured by cost per square foot. And over the years, the island has been a haven for many multi-billionaires. When it comes to pricey real estate, only Bay Island matches Harbor Island. Number seven. And this story has undoubtedly been exaggerated over the years, but it's still fun to tell. When Joe Beak was developing Harbor Island, he reportedly gave a treasure map to his young son, Alan, and Alan's friend, Gene Watt, who, by the way, would later become the mayor of Newport Beach. Joe told them that X's on the map marked the spot where treasure had been buried. So the kids dug away and eventually found some kind of treasure, I think, that Joe Beak tossed in those holes. But as the story goes... The real reason Joe got them to digging was to create holes for trees that he wanted to plant. And by the way, if you spot a eucalyptus tree on Harbor Island, it was probably planted there by Joe Beak. Now it's time to explore Newport's least known island, Newport Island. Here are eight things you should know. Number one. Newport Island is a triangular piece of land tucked away in the northwest corner of the bay. I hate directions that use north, south, east, west, especially Newport with its south-facing beaches, which makes things even more confusing. Let's just say that Newport Island is near Lido Village, 
and bordered by Newport Boulevard, West Coast Highway, and Balboa Boulevard. And the bridge to the island is on 38th Street. It has about 109 homes on about six acres. The second thing to know, its history is the least documented of Newport's eight islands. And much of the historical record that does exist is conflicting. But here's what we put together. In 1906, an outfit called the Orange County Improvement Association paid $80,000 for the land between 40th and 60th Street, and among other developments, created the beginnings of Newport Island by dredging that section of the bay to build up the mudflat and create canals around the island. That date of 1907 would make it Newport's third oldest island, behind only Bay and Balboa Islands. Third thing to know, in the early days, the island was basically barren, with no improvements, no bridge. It was at best a camping site for those who had a boat. It wasn't too pretty either. It was surrounded by oil, Derek, so I'm not sure how much camping went on there, but apparently some. Number four, given that the island was very unattractive from a practical and aesthetic standpoint, it's not surprising that the ownership of Newport Island changed hands frequently in the early days, including three times in one three-month stretch. It's, it just seemed like nobody really wanted it. Number five, in 1916, a massive flood clogged the canals around Newport Island with silt and debris, and for the next decade and a half, the island languished undeveloped. And that was the case for a lot of West Newport. It was, it just didn't catch on like the other parts of the city for a long, long time. But in 1929, an ambitious realtor and civic booster named Ralph Maskey talked the city into dredging the canals, building up the island 11 feet above the high tide mark, and expanding it to 5.5 acres. The city also put in paved streets and sidewalks, a sewer system, water mains, all of which were completed in 1931. And remember, this is at the height of the Great Depression. Maskey must have been quite the salesman. Number six, home lots sold for between $250 to $400. And like all the islands, at the time, residents only lived there in the summertime. Number seven. After the island got its makeover, courtesy of Ralph Mansky and the city of Newport Beach, it seemed to thrive in the 1930s. In those summers, the part-time residents seemed to have had a blast. Each month, they held wild aquatic contests that drew thousands and thousands of people and made front page news in the local newspapers. It quickly became a summer tradition in Newport Beach. Among the events were, and it's crazy picturing this, speedboat races around and around Newport Island. There was also rowboat races, swimming contests, diving contests, paddleboard races. It just seemed like the perfect summer event in Newport Beach. 
All right, the eighth and final thing to know about Newport Island, it had a short-lived yacht club called Newport Island Yacht Club that was founded in 1965, but closed three years later. I know it's not the most interesting way to tie a bow around the Newport Island chapter of this episode, but that's all I got. Looking through old newspapers, there's hardly a mention of Newport Island after the 1930s. And I think that reflects the happy island life residents have there. Now, let's close out part one of this episode with a look at Newport Harbor's newest island, Linda Isle. Here are 10 things to know. Number one, Linda Isle is a private island located off a Bayside Drive near East Coast Highway and adjacent to Harbor Island. In fact, when Linda Isle was developed, a temporary bridge was constructed between the two islands. Linda Isle has in the neighborhood of 105 homes today on nearly 10 acres. Number two, you're not going to believe this, but Linda Isle started out as a sand spit, and this one was called Shark Island. It allegedly got its name because of the frequent shark sightings there uh, inside the harbor. It seems like someone's imagination got a little carried away or someone just knew a great name when they saw it. It was home to thousands of shorebirds that nested there. Given the fact that it was environmentally sensitive habitat, I'm pretty sure it wouldn't have a chance to be developed today. Number three. In the 19. 19- 50s, the Irvine Company announced plans to turn the Sandspit into a horseshoe-shaped island. That ingenious design allowed for more bayfront property. The first thing the Irvine Company did was the easiest. They renamed the island Linda Isle after the daughter of Irvine Company president, Myford Irvine. That'd make a pretty cool birthday or or Christmas present. And by the way, that wasn't a popular rebrand among the folks in town. They believed Shark Island was so much cooler. Next, the Irvine Company successfully lobbied to get the island annexed by the city of Newport Beach. And that was in 1954. Linda Isle was the last island to be incorporated by the city. Number four. In the late 1950s, the Irvine Company unveiled plans that called for a $5 million mixed-use development on Linda Isle. And if that doesn't seem like a lot, that would be $55 million today. The Irvine Company's proposal included a deluxe beach resort hotel with 123 rooms, along with 58 home lots, 140 apartments, retail shops, and restaurants. The lagoon at the center of the horseshoe was designated as a beach and swim area. The whole project was billed as a swanky resort, as one newspaper put it. But that proposal never got off the ground. Why? I, I couldn't find out. It was, it's lost to history. Number five, a few years later, the Irvine Company pivoted and unveiled plans for a residential community 
that would consist of 174 single-family homes, eight townhouses, and 95 apartments. Those plans went nowhere as well. Number six, finally in 1962, the Irvine Company settled on a third plan that would create the Linda Isle of today. Simply 108 homes, all of them on the bayfront. They did away with the lagoon and its beach. That land was just too valuable. The development was promoted as, quote, the most exclusive waterfront community on the Pacific coast. Bold, bold claim. Number seven. To reflect its upscale nature, the Irvine Company planted fully grown trees, did away with street lights. The lighting was only from the decorative lighting that highlighted the landscaping, and sunk the ugly fire hydrants into the ground. Eighth thing to know. Little bit of trivia. The sand that was cleared to make the inner part of the horseshoe was used in the construction of the San Diego Freeway. Number nine. Construction began in 1964 and finished in 1967, more than a decade after the Irvine Company first floated its original plans for the island. The home lots originally sold from anywhere from $84,000 to $250,000. And I thought that was insanely high and probably some sort of exaggeration. But doing the math, that would be $2.2 million today which now would be an unheard of bargain for that dirt. And finally, number 10, and this is pretty cool. When Linda Isle was that deserted sand spit called Shark Island, it served as a location for many Hollywood films, including The Sands of Iwo Jima, starring John Wayne. And little more than a decade later, John Wayne would move to Bay Shores which sat across the Harbor Channel, no more than 500 yards from Linda Isle. And there you have it, the brief histories of four of Newport's eight residential islands, Bay Island, Harbor Island, Newport Island, and Linda Isle. Tune in for the fabulous part two of this episode when we explore Lido Isle and the three islands that make up Balboa Island. Their histories are insane. Thanks for getting into this podcast time machine with me to take a look at the stories behind Newport Harbor's islands, starting in the late 1800s with Bay Island. We'll see you next time.